Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Janice Dean Podcast. I can't wait for you to listen to my brand new friends whom I met on Fox and Friends during a segment on Giving Tuesday, talking about their heartwarming organization called Blankets of Hope. Founded back in the summer of 2016, Nick and Mike Fiorito were in search of having a more meaningful line of work. They wanted to help people on the streets of New York in the wintertime. What started as a good deed turned into an incredible partnership and opportunity to help thousands of people and help teach children the meaning of giving back. They also gave me some pretty great advice about being a mom and how important it is to stay connected to our kids and teach them values and kindness. How one good deed can start the beginning of something even bigger than ourselves if we decide to make even the smallest of efforts. Mike and Nick are wonderful role models, and I told them this is the one podcast I really want my kids to listen to because I think it may influence their life, and I know it will leave a fantastic impression on all of you. Inspiring a global movement of kindness one blanket at a time, here are Mike and Nick Fiorito on the Janice Dean Podcast. First of all, I'm going to say Mike and Nick you made the dean's list. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How about that? Wow. Very uh, We're Very honored. Fun. I wish I had a diploma of some sort, <laughs> or I'm, we're supposed to get some stickers. So if those come in, I'll make sure that you get them. Oh, thank <laughs> you. We will, we will wear them proudly. Uh, so you guys are really kind people. And one of the things <laughs> I like to feature uh, on the Janice Dean podcast is stories of kindness because... I feel like it's like sunshine, right? It, it, if someone's good to another person, it can spread like sunshine. It makes you feel good. Yeah. It can change your day. Uh, it can be very small. It can be somebody just opening the door for someone or saying, can I help you with something? Um, and so uh, I like to feature a lot of these stories that we normally don't see a lot of in the news, yeah. right? <laughs> but I'm so grateful that Fox & Friends has been keeping up with what you've been doing with your blankets uh, all of these years. So so tell me, Mike, we'll start with you. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. I'll remember that. It's okay. I'm, the, my these... name is actually Nick Mike. Oh, no. Are you serious? No. no, I mean, no. My oh. parents just call me Nick Mike, and they call him Mike Nick. So we because, answer to both. <laughs> so this is radio, and they, well, hopefully I'll get to show your beautiful, handsome faces, oh, but you're both very you. handsome, and you both look like you could be twins. Yeah, What's the age time. difference? Four years. Four years. Wow. Yeah. And have you always gotten along with one, one another? Uh, be honest. I mean, we have the sibling rivalry uh, in our <laughs> yeah. roots, like in our core, but we've always like played together as kids. And oh. yeah, we're we're kind people, but the hardest person that to be kind to is each other. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Well, at least you're honest, yeah, right? Because I have two boys, and. Uh, their age difference is two years. And, 
you know, even though that they get into fights and they yeah. roughhouse, you can tell they're going to be best friends for the rest oh, of their yeah, lives. Sure. Yep. We're, we're going to be working together until the day we die, for sure. Uh, okay, Mike. So tell me how this all began. Uh, what was the moment where the light bulb went off? So there was a few uh, light bulb moments, um, but I think it all begins in 2016 when we both quit our jobs. Uh, so Nick was working for a Fortune 100 company and in the city, and I was working for a startup in the city, and we were both commuting to our jobs every day, taking the subway. And it was there was this one hot summer day. Uh, we looked around, and there was all these like people that were much older than us in suits and sweating, and they just looked really uncomfortable. And I remember turning to Nick, and I said, bro, I really don't think I could keep doing this. <laughs> and he looked at me. And he said, like, I feel you. And I said, bro, I, th I think we should just quit our jobs. Right then. Right it was there. like because it was a hot day and you yeah. were sweating. Yeah, we'd been doing it for months now. And we were commuting. I was commuting over an hour every day. And I just felt like we were in this hamster wheel that just would never end. And we would just be here forever. Uh huh. So I said, let's just quit our jobs. And, you know, later that day, I remember getting a text from Nick. And he was like, yo, I really thought about it. I really want to do it. And that same day, we both went into our boss's office and we just quit our jobs. Just, just like, like that. that. Just but you like that. And you had no other idea of what you were going to do next. Uh, so, I mean, we, we knew we wanted to make a positive difference in the world. We knew that the work that we were doing wasn't fulfilling at all and we wanted to move towards that. Uh, the year prior in 2015, I was actually assaulted uh, and I had my mouth wired shut for three months. Oh. And during that time, I found meditation, and meditation really helped me cope with such a difficult time. So the initial idea when we quit our jobs was, let's start a meditation app and bring it kind of to the masses and help people like it helped me. Mm -hmm. uh, we soon realized that we didn't have any of the strengths to bring that to market, so we completely fell flat on our face, <laughs> right? So. Uh, for the next six months, we basically went from one idea to the next, just failing at everything we were doing and really dealing with a lot of that anxiety that comes from not getting that paycheck every two weeks, right? Almost, I, I compare entrepreneurship to being in the middle of the ocean without a life vest and you're just kind of batting your arms trying to keep yourself afloat and that's kind of what we felt. What was it like when your brother went through something like that? Uh... <laughs> I, I, I feel guilty because part of me was kind of happy because <laughs> Nick's a big talker and he talked nonstop. <laughs> so for once, he kind of I got to do some of the talking, and uh, he was commuting through post-it notes. But no, on a real note, uh, jokes aside, it was it was really sad. But Nick's the type of guy. My whole life, I looked up to him because he knows how to turn adversity into fuel for growth. Like that is his superpower. And even when we were both quit our jobs and he's talking about the six months that we were failing like absolutely miserably, I had a negative bank account balance and I was telling Nick maybe twice a week, I'm going back to just getting a job because I really can't do this anymore. Mm. And Nick was the one who just kept saying, we got this, we got this. He's one of the most positive people I know. And so as sad as it was, I knew like deep within that it was something positive, like something positive was going to come out of this because of the way that he handles adversity. Mm. You know, all the stories, most of them anyway, uh, that I talk about on the podcast and the books that I've written, a lot of the kindness does come from moments of darkness. Mm -hmm. It's like some, you go through something yeah. and the stuff that you thought was important before, like yeah. the career, yeah. making money, yeah. um, all of those sort of superficial things 
fall away. Yeah. And then the important things like family, your health, mm-hmm. um, they come to the forefront. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I really truly believe sometimes we have to go through those really tough For moments sure. to get to these moments of sunshine. Yeah. There was there was really two big things that came out of that trauma. One was the ability to stop for the first time in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was going into my job every day and it just kept like, it felt like I was running. So for three months, I just had this time to really ask those deep questions that like we often don't get time to ask of like, why am I here? What am I trying to do with my life? So that was one. The second though was, I remember this moment when I was in the hospital and I had this scene playing over and over in my head of this punch. And in my head, there was this question of like, why did he do this to me? Why did he do this? Then all of a sudden, I remembered a quote I had just read like the week before, and it was by Booker T. Washington. And it said, I allow no man to belittle me by allowing me to hate him. Mm. So I started changing the question and said, what if I don't know what this guy's going through? Not justifying his actions, but trying to have empathy for this person. Maybe he was beat as a child and he grew up in a bad neighborhood, whatever it may be. What if I just forgave him for what he did? And that moment when I was able to forgive him was when my life kind of opened up and my heart opened up. And I think that really was now reflecting back on it, like something that I never was able to connect the dots to of how we started this movement of kindness that we have today and the empathy that we're teaching children in classrooms across the country now. Yeah. What happened? Can you tell me about that moment? Yeah. We were playing, uh, so after college, my buddies and I would get together on the weekend and we'd play an intramural football game. Uh, we were reversing a team from a not-so-good neighborhood that was took the game very seriously. Um, we went up a bunch of points on them, and they kind of started self-imploding, yelling at each other, yelling at us, yelling at the refs. My friend went deep for a pass, quarterback overthrew him. The ball clearly went to the floor, and five seconds after the play, a guy on the other team kind of threw my friend to the floor. So my friend stood up and said, well, why are you doing that? And I ran over from the other side of the field because I saw the, the guy who did that was now getting in his face almost like ready to fight. So I got in between them and I said, relax. It's not worth fighting over this football game. And the next thing I know, someone jumped over his back and landed a haymaker on my mouth. I went down to the ground, um, kind of dazed, didn't know what was happening. I got back to my senses after everybody kind of dispersed. And... Um, with my tongue, I felt that there was a gap in my teeth. I thought my tooth got knocked out. And now here I was, I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to go into my corporate job with my tooth knocked out? Little did I know, I went over to the sideline, I took my phone out and uh, my tooth wasn't missing. My jaw was just split in half. Oh my gosh, Nick. Yeah. So uh, it was, uh, (laughs) it was a pretty scary time. Oh my God. And then what happened? So was he ever punished or how? No, he was never, never found. Um, he was never found. No. Well, how did that? So you were playing a game, and then he came in out of nowhere. Um, I don't know. There was some fishy stuff that happened with the league where they didn't really want to give up names of people on the other team, and I guess oh it wasn't my. really official. Um, but the and there police, wasn't any investigation or anything. There was, but they weren't able to. Oh my find goodness! A, okay. A person, yeah. Okay. What does that mean to you? I mean. Do you think, I mean, at the time, are you like, I, I want justice of some sort? Uh, personally, I, I, I feel like, yes, I love justice, but I feel like I, I in my life, I, I like to focus on what I can control. Okay. And what I can control is how I feel towards that person and yeah. the forgiveness that I need to give him myself yeah. to make myself feel good. 
And another thing I think about is I know it was a, tra a traumatic experience in my life, but it really ended up being the best thing that ever happened wow. to me. It really did, right? It completely changed the trajectory of my life, yeah. right? I went from working in a corporate job that I really disliked to now working every day with my best friend and my brother oh. doing work that really makes us feel alive. So um, from that regard, it really was this beautiful thing disguised in a really terrible event. My goodness. And how long ago did that happen? That was in 2015. Okay. And when did you get to the realization that you had to forgive? Um... I asked this for my own purposes. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I remember that quote coming to me in the hospital, and that quote definitely impacted me because in my head I was like, okay, I'm reading all this philosophy to make myself better as a person, right? So, like, I have to actually live it. It's not just reading the philosophy that makes you a better person, right? It's actually putting it into practice. So that quote in the hospital definitely started me um, getting out of that path of blaming. Okay. Uh, but then over the next three months of being home is when I really did some deep work on myself and uh, went deep down a spiritual rabbit hole and, and started meditating. And I think that's really when I came to this realization of forgiveness is the answer to moving on mm. in a positive direction here. What do you think of that, Mike? What do you think about forgiveness? I, I can't even believe that he was able to forgive him because yeah. I was watching him for three months straight drink every meal through a straw that he had to somehow like sew through his, his braces like contraption that he had on his mouth and when he even got his mouth wired shut to begin with there was no anesthesia no nothing they literally just cranked it all together and it was like I he's someone who's very stoic and doesn't really show pain like even when he was playing sports and I was younger looking up to him he would break bones and not even know it because he like had so much you know strength and when I saw him getting his mouth wired shut, he was going through so much pain. You could just see it. And it, the whole experience was excruciating. And like I said, he likes to talk, so <laughs> he, uh, he couldn't even do that. Uh, so the fact that he was able to just, despite all of that pain, find a place of forgiveness to me is inspiring, really. And that's the best way to put it is inspiring. I definitely would struggle <laughs> to yeah. do that. I don't know if I could do that right. personally. I mean, maybe I could, but I don't know. Um, he has a really big heart. That's I, for sure. I, I definitely can't take all the credit, though. We we hit the parent jackpot. I was um, going to ask you that next. And um, our mom and dad have given us nothing but unconditional love. And oh. one of the things that they've really taught us was that they didn't really teach us by words. They taught us by their example. And I think that's something that we still hold dear to our heart now, even when we're doing the work we're doing with kids, right? It's We want to teach them by example because we really think that's one of the best ways to, to get our messages across. Stay right there. We'll have more of this story coming up. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tell me about your parents because, uh, you know, my kids are going to be 14 and 12 and... You know, they're at a very interesting age where 
they don't need us, but they still need us. Mm-hmm. And I, I want them to know that we're always there for them. And even if they do bad things and they don't want to tell mom and dad, if they're in a position mm-hmm. um, of trouble, they have to rely on us, right? Yeah. I want them to come to us. So tell us what that secret is of your parents that, that make you believe that they were so strong and there for you. So the, I think they there's two different dynamics, right? There's the mom and the dad, yeah. right? So our dad had a hard operation when we were kids. So he was out of work and he was the one that was staying home and taking mm-hmm. care of us in the, in, the, in the house. And my mom was the one that was in corporate America going into work every day. So um, my mom wasn't really the person we went to to tell when we were in trouble. Yep. She was more the one that led by example and was very stoic when she got laid off from her job after 25 years of working there. I remember her walking down the stairs, us being completely petrified, like, what are we going to do now? Are we about to be homeless? And she just calmly said, like, no, everything is going to be fine. Um, you know, I'm going to take some time for myself, and then I'm going to get another job, and it's going to be even better than the one I had. So that was one of those examples of learning by example from yes. her. But from the other regard of my dad, our dad was like our best friend, right? Yeah. He took us to soccer practice. He um, he took us out to the movies. Like we watched Yankee games with him, right? So it was more of we felt like he was our friend and we can trust him, yeah. right? I was so say that same word. Trust is wow. really the key. Trust is really the key. And it wasn't that we couldn't trust our mom. It's just we didn't have that friendly yeah. vibe. With I get that her. because I'm the one that's working a lot. My mm-hmm. husband is ready to retire now. He does a lot. You know, he's with them in the morning making uh, breakfast and lunches. And I and I struggle with that because it's like the opposite, right? He's the one that's supposed to be kind of doing the traditional job of right. the mom, and I'm the one, you know, yeah. working. So that brings great hope to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, because I do feel in a lot of cases they are closer to their dad, you know, because yeah. he's there most of the time. Uh, for me, that was the case, too. Like, when I went to Italy with my mom for the whole summer, I— cried the entire three months when I was about their age, like maybe 11, 12, because uh, I missed my dad so much because oh. I spent every day with him. And I didn't really like enjoy myself because I just missed him so much. But as I got older, things changed. I mean, they're both loved equally by me, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So it's just when you're a kid and you have that dependence. Um, but I just wanted to add one more thing about the trust. It's not just us trusting them. That like really helped for me, at least personally, it was them trusting us. Yeah. You know, we right. never really were micromanaged. We were given the benefit of the doubt, basically. Okay. So they would let us, I mean, to a degree. I mean, they were Italian immigrant parents and we couldn't just, <laughs> you know, we couldn't go crazy. Like we, and another, actually one more thing that was yeah. really, really effective, I think, now that I'm reflecting is every single day, school day, we were expected to be home for dinner at six o'clock and we all had dinner as a family. Oh, I love it. And that yeah. was really, really crucial, in my opinion, to sure. basically be on the same page to reconnect every single day. And that's basically where the trust was really established because that was where we got to unload what was going on in our day, where they got to express what they wanted to express. And that was really a foundational routine for us. Like most Italian families, food brought us together. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but that's great though. I mean, I honestly, I'm going to be giving you calls throughout, you know, the next few years asking your advice on what I should do. I don't know. (laughs) Happy to help. We're happy to help if we can, but I don't know how much experience we have in that field. They're good good boys. They're good boys. But, you know, you just want to, 
you know, be there for them and do the right things. And and I like that you said give them the benefit of the doubt because I think sometimes we're so quick to say, you know, you did this, um, you know, you, I'm going to take away your iPad, I'm going to mm-hmm. take away your phone, and maybe I just need to be a little bit more... Um, well, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also think you're being a little hard on yourself. I'm, I'm just by... The quick moments we've spent together, yeah. it seems like you are truly an amazing mom. Because Aww. the fact that you're even asking these questions just shows how much That's you true. care. So uh, I just want to say you're, you're probably being a little hard on yourself Aww, and you're probably an amazing you guys, mom. guys, you're it's amazing. True. Oh, okay. So now we get to the point of doing good for others. Yeah. And where did that begin? So I, I guess we'll take it back to our story, right? Yes. So we're six months in. After quitting our jobs, anxiety is through the roof, dry heaving over the toilet. Really? Uh, Le- anxiety like that? Like I bad, had yeah. It really. yeah. <laughs> Nick I, wasn't as bad as me. I was like so wow. really, really struggling. I know what that's like, that debilitating, you have yeah. no control. For Your sure. body is just re- rejecting, yeah. you know, everything. It was horrible. So basically ho- like getting to on the verge of hopelessness. Yeah. And uh, also sleepless nights. And one specific night now, six months later, so it's middle of winter, I'm laying in my bed and um, I can't sleep. You know, when you're laying there and your mind is just racing with thoughts, well, that's where I was. And all of a sudden, as those thoughts were racing, an image of a homeless man popped into my head. When I was commuting into my job in New York City, I'd get off at Madison Square Park every day and every day I'd walk up the subway steps and I'd see this homeless man sitting on the park bench as I walked into my office. And every day I would get off the train and in my head I'd have this little conversation with myself like, I wonder what his life is like. I want to help him. I want to go up to him. I want to talk to him. I want to do something for him. But I did nothing. Every day I would walk right past him, go into my job and kind of another day at the office. But for some reason, I have no idea why, this night his face pops back in my head and a little voice whispers and said, if you're not going to do something now, then when? <sighs> So I'm like, all right, I can't sleep. I guess I'm going to jump out of bed here. I opened my laptop and I went to GoFundMe and I just started writing a little story about how I wanted to raise money to get blankets to people living on the streets. I figured it's a very practical thing to do. If I was outside and I was cold and someone gave me a blanket, I would appreciate it. It really was not much deeper than that. Yeah. But now I I wrote this story. I closed my laptop and I felt good that I finally got this thing off my chest. Yeah. Slept like a baby, right? Now the next day I got to wake up and I tell my brother and my business partner you know mike i got this idea i want to blanket the homeless and he looks at me he's like nick that's really kind of you but like we're about to be homeless ourselves <laughs> and this isn't going to make us any money so what, what are we doing here and i'm like mike you're, you're absolutely right but something inside my bones is telling me like we have to just do this real quick and then we'll get back to the drawing board we'll figure something out but right now we just got to do this mm-hmm. so mike eventually buys into my passion and he's also someone that uh doesn't like to I don't know if you can say half-ass this. Yeah, you could say it. Uh, Uh, He doesn't like to half-ass anything he does in this life. So he's like, all right, if we're going to do this, let's do it right. Let's add a handwritten letter to go with every blanket we hand out to really create that level of human connection. To let these people know that there's people that care, right? Because when you stop and you put pen to paper, like there's a moment of caring that goes into Mm -hmm. that. So we raise some money from family and friends who feel bad for us. We buy some blankets on Amazon. We write some letters attach them to these blankets and with our family we go out in the city and we start handing them out how many did you have that day what do we have mike mm-hmm, like 20 20 yep. blankets yeah it wasn't much um but before we went out we bought a little camera because we wanted to document what we were doing to show the people who donated this is the impact we're making with yes. your money 
So we go out and we have this amazing day, right? When you're giving and expect nothing in return, that's the juice of life, right? When you're seeing someone sad to smiling, like there's no better feeling. So we had this incredible day. We're all riding a high based on this feeling that we have inside. We get home now and Mike takes the footage that we got from that day, puts together a little short film. We call it Blankets of Hope. We post it on our Facebook page and that's it. Blankets of Hope is done. Fun family project. Next winter, we'll do it again. Now it's time to get back to the drawing board, actually figure out how we're going to make a living for ourselves. Yeah. But God, the universe, the greater force that is, whatever you believe in, kind of had some different plans for us. Stay right there. We'll have more of this story coming up. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, you want to take over the story from here? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, come on. you got to add to the conversation. All right. <laughs> so... We were working late in Nick's apartment a few nights later, and uh, we got an email that basically changed our lives forever. Tell me. The subject line said, donation to Mike and Nick, and I actually was the one that read it first. Uh, So it said, hi, my name is Todd Chafee. I'm a venture capitalist in California. I saw your Blankets of Hope video on Facebook. I would love to offer you mentorship and financial support. Let me know if you want to talk. So before I showed Nick, I was like, all right, this has got to be our oldest brother playing a trick on us. <laughs> like, Couldn't believe it. So I look up the dude's name and the Forbes Midas list pops up, which is like the world's top venture capitalist in the world. And do some more digging. And he's an investor in Netflix, Snapchat, all these major companies were like, oh, my goodness, this is a real deal. So I go to Nick and I remember holding the phone close to my chest. And I was like bro, you are not going to believe this. And he just looked at me and I just he said, what? And I wouldn't say anything. I just kept smiling bigger and bigger. And he was like, what, what? Finally, he just rips the phone from my hand. He read it. And right away, we just emailed him back saying, yes, 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 we want to talk. We want to talk. <laughs> so the next day we get on the phone with this guy and um, I say this guy, now he's our friend. Uh, he basically just drills us with question after question, just like any venture capitalist would. Uh, you know, asking about our backstory, how did we get here? Basically, in my opinion, testing like what was our true intention behind what mm-hmm. we did with that video. And after a long 30 minutes, there's another long pause of silence, and he goes, You know what? I like you guys. I want to help you. I want you to stop everything you're working on and put all of your energy and focus into this idea of blankets of hope because I see the potential for it to be a global movement, for oh it to have a global impact. Goodness. So, me and Nick, I remember smiling and looking at Nick like confused, like, Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we definitely did not see that at all. We were just two dudes handing out blankets in right. New York City. But when he came into our lives, we really started dreaming bigger about the impact we can make, right? So, the, And like Mike was saying, he was a tech VC, and they think in these 10x numbers, right? So that first year that we went out, we did 100 blankets total. And we said, okay, this guy's a 10x guy. Let's 10x it. Let's figure out how we're going to do 1,000 the next year. We had no idea how we were going to do that because it was Mike and I, mano y mano, on the streets of New York City. But we said, you know what? We'll put one foot in front of the other. We'll figure it out as we go. So we start handing out blankets, posting the content to social media to show people the impact. And then our second stroke of magic hit when the New York City press picked up our story. So we get on the news. We share what we're doing. And my fifth grade teacher, who's a teacher now in Delaware, sees us and sends me a Facebook message. And she says, hey, Nick, I just saw you on the news. I have 200 students here that would love to help out. Oh. That was a light bulb moment for us. It was like, oh, my God, this is 
this is it. This is how we change the world, right? This is so much bigger than Mike and I now. If we can teach the future generation to start thinking with this mentality of kindness and community service, that's an idea that can really change the world. And yes. it can help us scale this movement to what we want it to be, right? Because there's yes. schools across the country, across the world. There's homeless shelters across the country, across the world. So if we can have these evangelists be these kids that are helping us with this movement of kindness, what more, what, how powerful is that, right? Because these, these kids are, are so pure that they haven't been jaded by life yet. Yes. So when they are participating in this, like it will bring you to tears to see some of the feelings that they have towards helping, right? And really w the way w we see it is we're empowering them to know that it doesn't matter your age, you can make a difference. Because at the end of the kindness workshop that these students go through, they made an impact on an individual that lives in their community. No matter if they were five, seven, 15, they've made a difference in their community. Tell me about that kindness uh, workshop. Yes. How does that work? So it's broken down into three simple steps. The first step is an empathy exercise where we actually get the kids to close their eyes and really imagine what it would might be like to experience homelessness. Yeah, really put themselves in those shoes. Yeah, so feel the feelings associated. Um, and then once they're like deep in those feelings, we give them a prompt and that prompt is what letter would you want to receive if you were in that position so then all the kids will this is the second step which is the act of kindness they'll each write a handwritten letter of encouragement that they'll then attach to the blankets that we've already pre-sent to them okay. pre-sent to the school and then the last step is a loving kindness meditation where they once again close their eyes for a few minutes uh, and they practice mindfulness where they send love to themselves they send love to their classmates and then they send love to the person that's about to receive their blanket then the teacher will collect all those blankets of hope and the school will coordinate how they want to deliver those blankets of hope to a local shelter. Oh. So it's uh, in a way, it's, it's kind of gone full circle from when we quit our jobs when we wanted to start a meditation app to now. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're, yeah. <laughs> There's we're bringing, actually a meditation. Yeah, we in, found a way in. <laughs> we we <laughs> found uh, a Trojan horse. Um, what? Tell me about the moments where you give the blanket to the homeless person. Like, what is that like? Uh, I can answer that. Yeah. The the thing that has really been the most surprising and the most beautiful is a lot of times the person, like when we're the ones giving it on the streets, the person will appreciate the actual connection of yeah. us stopping and talking to them for a few minutes more so than the blanket. Don't get me wrong. Everyone loves, almost everyone loves receiving the blanket because it's a really highly requested item for people in that position. But when you just stop and talk to them and ask them what their story is and just give them, like, your energy, give them your attention, you can see the difference. Like, they start feeling like you when you walk up to them, they're not feeling that great, obviously. But at the end of it, you can feel their light start to shine again because they were able to express themselves and they were able to connect with a real human being that actually cared about them, even if it's just for a few minutes. Yeah. So that's why we love the fact that all of our letters are handwritten because – even if like a lot of these blankets are being dropped off at shelters and so there's not too many human interactions happening between the kids and the individuals experiencing homelessness, but through the writing, through their actual pen to paper, it's still happening on some level. So that's the part that really we, we, I love about it. We like to live by the motto that the secret to living is giving. Yeah. And it's really when we give that we feel most alive. When we're thinking less about ourselves and more about how we can serve others is really when you feel connected to something bigger than yourself. And I really think that like, if we go deep enough, like 
every one of us is looking for that connection to something bigger than ourselves and giving is the easiest way to get close to that feeling. It's true. And everyone that does this kind of work says the same thing. When you're feeling down, the best thing you could do is actually do something for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I I 100% agree with that. I also think that what we all want, I know we all want like things in life. Like I'll be honest, I want a nice house that, and I want to be able to provide for my family one day, all that good stuff, nice house, nice car. But I think at the deepest level, all of us, every single human being on this planet, what we all really want more than anything is to feel loved. I truly believe that. And that drives everything that we do with Blankets of Hope. That's our core belief, is that underneath it all, what we really want more than anything is to feel loved. And that's why Mm -hmm. the people that we speak to appreciate just us talking to them. Yeah. Because that's the feeling that they get is that, oh my God, someone actually cares about me. To feel loved is really this feeling of connection. Mm -hmm. Like you're not in it alone, right? That there's people that are going through this human experience with you. Mm-hmm. And we like to say that, you know, kindness is love in action. So that's kind of why we're starting this movement of kindness, because like you said at the beginning of this podcast, right, kindness is contagious. It is. And by doing one little act, you can really cause a ripple effect yes. to happen. Yeah. And I, I never, I learned that one by example too. One day I was riding the subway into my job and some a man came in and he was asking for food or money or whatever it was and whenever someone asks for food it always kind of stings me deep it's like because that's such a human basic human need so i was a little health freak so i had a bag of almonds in my book bag so he walked by me and he's waiting by the door now ready to get out and i go in my bag i get the almonds i tap him on the shoulder and i say would you like these almonds he takes them and he's super happy but that wasn't the good part the good part was the three people sitting down right next to him about when he was about to exit, all reached in their pocket, got a dollar, and gave it to him. And that's when I learned, oh, my God, my actions really do influence the people around me so much. And this concept of kindness is contagious. I learned it firsthand, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is real. Yeah. Leading by example. Exactly, yeah. Were you ever able to give a blanket to the first homeless No, we were unable to find him, unfortunately. Hopefully that means he's not on the streets and he's yeah. living a pro- and prospering in life right now. Yeah, because it does come for you know full circle. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, maybe we're hopeful and that yeah. maybe that was the last day he was he was homeless. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't, we'll now after COVID, you know, this is a hard time for so many people. Um, is the need greater? Yeah, um, I think. There's COVID, then there's the whole financial situation that our economy is in. So I think that homelessness is definitely on the rise because of both of those factors. And um, the crazy thing about it is that I think a lot of people get jaded um, when you walk in the street sometimes and you'll see a, a specific type of homeless individual, right? But homelessness comes in all different shapes and sizes, exactly. right? There's people that look just like you and me that have come, that have fallen on really hard times. That's right. Right. And I think that to, to change this image of homelessness is really important because there's so many people that need help. Right. And, um, yeah, I think that this is a challenging time and it's going to take a lot of us to come together to help people strive in a positive direction here. So what do we do next? How do we help? Give us give us the rundown. Give us your sales pitch. Well, you've already, <laughs> get, you've already sold me, but oh, how can you. people come and help? So we 
Like our, our mission at Blankets of Hope, like we said, is to inspire this movement of kindness, one blanket and one student at a time. We really believe that if we can teach the future generation kindness, that is how we're going to change the world. We're planting seeds that are going to grow into trees 20 years from now because these are kids that are going to make the decisions for the world that we live in. So if people want to help us get kindness into more classrooms across the country, they can go to BlanketsofHope.com. They can make a donation so that we can get blankets to schools. Or if they're a school, as an administrator, a teacher, they can sign up and we can get their school or involved. Or a parent. Or a parent. Yeah. and get their school involved in this movement of kindness. What's next for the brothers? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. We've been getting that a lot. Um, I, you know, we really, um, we believe media is a very powerful force, obviously. And, uh, you know, a driving force for us has been how do we use media as a force for good? Yes. So um, that is kind of top of mind for us right now. And what comes in the future probably will be aligned with that. Okay. Oh, that's a nice little tease. <laughs> can you make sure that I'm on the list of, of uh, people you can, you can tell when the next uh, alert goes out? One million percent. You guys, I mean, I throughout this conversation, I feel like I'm close to tears in a good oh. way. Um, and I'm so happy that we were able to meet each other. And that Same. now more than ever, we need these stories, right? I feel mm -hmm. like... Eh, we just have to keep spreading the sunshine and the for kindness. Sure. And thank you for what you're doing yeah, because you're, you're amplifying these messages of so many different stories. And there's so many different stories out there of so many amazing humans doing incredible work. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Aww. Well, now we're family, so Absolutely. we'll be in touch. Absolutely. I need your cell phones. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to take a nice picture too. Yes, we are. Thank you, Mike and Nick. Thank, thank you, you so much thank for you. your goodness and your kindness and Spreading the sunshine. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Mike and Nick, for such a wonderful conversation. I know we'll be in touch again because I want to hear all about the next chapter in your life and the wonderful work you are doing with Blankets of Hope. And I might get your advice on how to deal with teenage boys as well in the years to come. If you would like to find out more about their organization, you can go to blanketsofhope.com. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.